You're listening to a message from Oaks Church, Brooklyn. Our longing is to see heaven come to earth in our city. For more information on our church and community, please visit oaksbk.church. Our teaching text is Leviticus 19:33 and 34. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. It's a double whammy this morning. I'm Catherine, if we haven't met. This is Patrick. Maybe you've met him. Um, We're married. And we're going to be talking about hospitality this morning as part of the continuation of our Good Ways series. This is going to take a second. I'm not good with a stool. You good? I I got you. Okay. I was like ready to do an intro and (laughs) I'm just along for the ride. Arm candy today and I'm not mad at it. Uh, Good morning, friends. Uh, I am Patrick, uh, one of the pastors here at Oaks, and uh, this is my lovely wife, Catherine. Um, There's more I would say about that, but I'm going to keep moving. Um, Thank you. If you're joining us for the first time today, we're in this teaching series, The Good Way, uh, which is uh, really like foundational to how we organize and structure ourselves as a community. It's centered around rule of life, which is... uh, Essentially, essentially, the way you order and bring intention to your life that produces intimacy with God, right? And so we've been going through our eight kind of core intentions and the practices that accompany them that just provides us a, a, a training up in righteousness, if you will. Um, Jeremiah uh, 6, it says, like, stand, God is talking, and he's, and he's telling the, the Israelites, he says, stand at, the, stand at the crossroads and look for the ancient paths and ask for the good way and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. So this is actually what we're doing, and this is why we send our community around this, is because this is what we want to do is just walk in the good way of Jesus so that we can find rest. Amen? Um, And so we've been going through our practices, and today we are talking about missional hospitality. Uh, So if you've been here, you've known there's been this progression from starting in a place of prayer and in the story of God and Sabbath, and that's moved more towards our relationship with each other as we've talked about things like simplicity and generosity and last week the active participation in the family of Jesus. And we actually have a course called The Good Way. Uh, If you ever want to go deeper into our community, it's going to be like your first stop. It happens twice a year. Uh, And it's meeting right now. And uh, we always start that time with a Q&A. And last week, there was a really great question that was posed was, I've been tracking over these last like six weeks when we'll be doing all these practices and they sound good. The only problem is how do we this, how does this not turn into like Christian navel gazing? Because up until now, all we've talked about is being in the Bible and then like being with each other, right? And that's great and all, but there's like, you know, a whole world outside of this. Um, and I was like, that is a fantastic question. Because to keep this good way of Jesus from becoming just a kumbaya circle of like, 
Christian people, uh, we would have to have some practices that center ourselves like missional hospitality, where the love that we've been grounded in and the love that's fostered among us then moves out to those who don't belong to us, right? And this is actually the core of the word hospitality. It comes from the Greek philoxenia, where we get like Philadelphia, love of, this brotherly love, philo, and then exenia, where we get like xenophobe, scare of a stranger. But hospitality is literally translated love of the stranger, love of the foreigner, love of the other, love for the people that don't belong to you. And that is our mission. And so uh, in my life, uh, as I practice hospitality, uh, I do it with my partner. Uh, where would I be without you? Uh, <laughs> uh, so I figured, like, why not? have her just join me and we could talk about this together. So, I mean, we're really just gonna kind of have a conversation uh, and hopefully it'll be edifying to us all that, that work for you. Hopefully we stay on track here. <laughs> How you say things when you're married without saying things. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, well then to that end, my love, I, I'm curious. What scriptures, I think we should start with giving people like for ourselves, what are our frame of hospitality? Uh, and I'm curious like for you, what are the scriptures that just ground you and frame your understanding of hospitality? Yeah, so it's funny, the word hospitality isn't in the Bible that often. Like if you did a search, maybe a couple things would come up. But when I think about hospitality, I just think of the life of Jesus and how he moved in his time here on earth. Um, he managed to interact with every kind of person in his 33 years on earth, and not just in a quick hello, but in a real abiding presence in a way that got him in trouble, uh, got him a reputation. Um, in John 4, the woman at the well, you know, she was a Samaritan woman. She was known as men, having many husbands, um, not of a reputation, not of the same um, race or uh, upbringing that Jesus had. And he sat and he spoke with her. And it's actually noted as one of the longest one-on-one -on -one conversations that Jesus has with someone. And all they shared was a cup of water. But she went away completely changed from that interaction and actually became the first evangelist in the Bible, telling many other Samaritans of this wonderful Jesus and how he was our savior. Uh, so I think that's one example. Um, Matthew 9 talks about how he went and called Matthew as his tax collector, so one of his nearest and dearest to be a disciple who was a tax collector who people did not like, who people looked down upon, who people did not interact with. And he called them into this to be a disciples, and he said, and... Uh, as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus. Um, again, I think in all of these circumstances, he just provides a presence and more so a dignity to people um, that offered an hospital, a hospitable space. And really, the meals and the table and the context was just a means to an end of demonstrating and doing the work of the kingdom of God. Um, there are so many examples of him being at a table and Jesus didn't actually have a home. So he didn't invite people over for a dinner party. He was often hosted himself, but he somehow turned that space into hosting someone else and doing deep kingdom work. You know, um, the woman, the sinful woman who came and 
poured perfume over his feet in Luke 7. He was hosted by a Pharisee, those who criticized him and ultimately crucified him. And that turned into a great moment of worship. And again, he acknowledged her, he dignified her, and he said, your sins are forgiven. And it turned into a great kingdom moment actually at someone else's table. So I think this is just evident throughout the life of Jesus in a lot of ways. Is there one of those people you identify with? Like tax collector, sinful woman, woman at the, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so this is about my sin at this point? No, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious. I'm just, I was just curious if there was a part of this where, how have you felt? Are there just one of those that you like resonate with as you've experienced the hospitality of Jesus? I think I love the story of the woman at the well so much. Um, it's such a vulnerable moment. And I actually started thinking about this because I was like, I don't know what Jesus did in that moment, but that woman walked away praising him when he was like, hey, you got four husbands. Like, that's a really confrontational conversation to have. But she was going at the heat of the day because no one else would be there because she didn't have people. She didn't have a home. She didn't have a community. And Jesus just has such a way of meeting people where they are at. And actually, not just, but going to them intentionally. Maybe he was thirsty, maybe he wasn't, but I know for sure he was very intentional about the way that he interacted with her. Um, and I just think it speaks so much to the kindness and gentleness of Jesus when I think about that story. Does that remind you of anyone? <laughs> uh, Carry on. Yeah. What scriptures come to you? Yes, yes. Uh, kind of two. Uh, which may seem weird, Genesis 18, 19 um, is kind of this discourse on hospitality. Uh, Genesis 18, quickly, it's like these three men show up at Abraham or, you know, Abraham's house, and um, he sees them, and he just, like the scriptures say, he, like, immediately falls on his face, and the house just turns into commotion, and they're just like, hey, go get the bread, go get the food, let's cook these guys something to eat, and uh, you can tell there's a divinity to the, to the men but they just show them this extreme hospitality. Um, and then that's contrasted because these men are actually on a mission. God's on a mission because uh, he's headed to Sodom. And uh, so then in Genesis 19, there's like this whole interaction where Yahweh lets Abraham into his plans. Like, I'm going to see if the things I've heard about Sodom is true. And then if it is, like, they're going to incur my wrath. Um, and so I, I know there's like, I grew up with a certain understanding and interpretation of, of Genesis 19 and the, and the sin of Sodom. And we can definitely have that conversation if you want another time. But uh, for my money, as I look across the text of scripture, what it seems to be that, that the, the chief sin of Sodom uh, is their inhospitality which is huge because if you think about like Iron Age cultures, uh, like hospitality is like, it, it, is, it is the highest order, uh, particularly in the ancient Northeast. Like people did not survive 
as they had to journey and travel unless they were cared for by the people that they passed through. And hospitality was both a requirement of uh, the host, but also the, the guest. And so this, even today, you see this throughout like Greece and Macedonia, like this is a high value placed on hospitality. And so here comes these three men and like, what Ezekiel says, like here was the problem with, Ezekiel 6 says like, uh, uh, here's the problem with Sodom. Her chief sin was that she was rich, or she was overfed, she was arrogant, and she was apathetic to the needs of others. Completely inhospitable. These men gather around, and they see these foreigners, and they just want to defile them, right? Like they just want to like practice dominance over them. And they didn't want to welcome them in as Lot was trying to do. And it just gets all twisted. And it says it again in 2 Peter 2, uh, where, where Peter is writing and he says that, again, for Sodom, she was uncouth and she was greedy and she was arrogant. And there were just this inhospitable people who did not care about the foreigner. And that, that angered God. And it's true, and it, and it angered God to the point of violence. And so I just think about, like, even Jesus. Like, the one time we show him be violent and not, like, carrying baby lambs um, is the time he, like, literally goes and, like, makes a whip, right? There's intention there, and he beats people, right? Like, he beats the tax. He throws the money changers out of the temple, and he, and he flips over tables. We don't talk a lot about, about that, Jesus. But why does he do it? Because they're defiling the temple, which is where God dwells, and where does God dwell now? We are his temples. And so wherever the temple of God is being defiled, wherever others are being lessened, Jesus gets violent. He won't stand for it. The disregard of others. And so for me, hospitality is like central, not just to this faith, but I think like being human, you know? Um, last thing I'll say on this, I was just thinking this, you know, uh, we live a life of relative privilege nowadays, and we have this car. And the other day, I went into the city and took the train, and uh, there was a, uh, a a woman like with her stroller, and she had to go down the stairs. And this guy just like walked by and just was like, "Boop!" You know, we've all seen it. Like you just grab the front of the stroller, help her down the stairs, and just kept it moving. And I was like, "That's New York. Like we can't survive in New York if you don't do that." You know what I'm saying? Like. That's hospitality. That's hospitality now, that's hospitality then, and I think it's, yeah, just, I don't know, that's what frames my understanding. I think that's really good. I can't help but think about how, you know, you said that God is angered by the, the dis mistreatment of foreigners, and, and really we are foreigners for the kingdom of God, and the, the crucifixion of Jesus is the ultimate violent act so that we could be in the presence of God so we can be in the Holy of Holies in the temple. He went to great lengths to be hospitable for us um, and it took violence to get us there. So um, yeah, I think he cares very deeply for it. Yeah. All right, so I mean, if we think about that as a theological concept, I think part of what would be good is to just kind of have an understanding of like, what does this look like, okay? like. I don't feel like I have to argue with any of you that hospitality is something that Christ calls us to, but yeah, how do we put skin on this? Uh, I know from our conversations, one of the places you experienced hospitality was when you were in Italy, 
maybe you could tell them a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, and I think this is a good example about a community being hospitable. And I think at Oaks, we we strive and we pray to be a hospitable place and a hospitable people. Um, I spent a couple years after college doing ministry in Italy, and I didn't speak the language at all. I mean, really a bold move moving to a foreign country. I didn't even know Spanish to, like, fake it, you know. Um, so it was <laughs> not hospitable of me in, in that moment. But... Um, we were a bunch of Americans. It was in a smaller town, so it, it, they were not used to tourists. There was not a lot of English around. And um, this local church just kind of adopted us and took us in. And, you know, we sat at many people's tables just kind of like, mm, this is good, you know, like kind of being able to mouth things. And they, on the other hand, also had to endure us not being able to speak the same language. And, um, you know, it takes some discomfort to bring someone into your home that you have n nothing in common with, that you don't speak the same language, you don't even know anything about them really other than they're in your country. Um, and I now on this side, I think, wow, like that was so gracious, that was so generous, and it happened a lot. Um, we also had some friends from that same church who would like come over and call the internet company for us and help us know how to mail packages and buy bus tickets and all of these things where they really took us in and said like, this can be your home here and we're going to help you figure out how to do that. Um, and so when I think about not just a person being individually, but a people, um, that time was really uh, impactful for me. Mm. Yeah, I... Um our, our teaching text is this Leviticus passage, and, and it talks about being foreigners, and God's giving this commandment again to his people, like, hey, treat, treat foreigners as if they were native-born. Like, make them feel full, fully brought into this family because you were once foreigners. And um, it's interesting, you know this, they don't, but as a function of my counseling degree uh, that, I'm, that I'm pursuing right now, uh, I have to, um, I get the honor to spend some time observing in like 12-step programs. And, uh, and there are quite a few that we host here in, in, this, in this building. And it was so interesting, my first time going, uh, I have been holding events and doing stuff in this building for 11 years. Like, for the last three or four, I've had a key to this building. Like, I have a ton of power and influence in this place. And yet, walking up the steps that first time, I was so nervous. Because uh, I was like, I have no concept for what I'm about to walk into. I know that there's a community here, and they have their own culture, and they have words. And I don't know if I'm going to say the wrong thing, if I'm going to sit in the wrong place. I was, like, legitimately freaking out. And, uh, and so to come into this place where I, I typically hold power, and I was a foreigner, and I was met with such love and receptivity, um, and it was just like the words were just like kind of just be yourself and like share if you want or feel free to receive, just receive if you need to. Um, and... And, I, and it was so amazing, and I, you know, now it's been like two or three times that I've been able to just participate. And 
there is two things that I found in there when it, in terms of like communal hospitality. One, the ability to just show up truly as you are. Like we host people a lot and like, you know, they always ask like, what should we bring? And we're like, no, nothing, come. And then they always bring something. Um, and that thing can vary wildly. Uh, <laughs> amazing sometimes the things people show up with. You're like, oh, okay. Thank you for the stroller. Uh, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will receive that and we'll find something for it. Um, but I get it because you feel like if I'm going to show up, I, gotta, I can't show up empty-handed. And it's something that I found in the 12-step program, that is not the case. The expectation is that you show up empty-handed and vulnerable. Uh, and if you can show up with more than that, then like, great. Uh, we'll work with that. But um, yeah, that level of just being able to come as you are and then to be grafted in and you kind of, they'll, they'll teach you what to say if you need to. You kind of catch in on the, on the community. And then there's just this sense, um, there are things that are read every week and, and one of them is about the purpose of A, which is just to find, to help people find healing. There's a deep commitment to everyone being okay and becoming okay, like that's why they exist, and not as necessarily even like teachers, but I have just been thoroughly blessed uh, by the hospitality that I have found there, and we as a community, that is part of our practice of hospitality, like we, uh, we you know, Tuesdays, Saturdays, Sundays, uh, AAs are, are hosted here, and, and the money that we all pitch in to like pay the rent on this place allows people to come and find some healing, you know, and there's no sermon. It's not a ministry of this church, but it is God's work. Uh, and it's so amazing that we get to just play a small part in hosting well uh, and try to host better. Um, so yeah, I think that's how I've experienced it communally. And I, I mean, I feel like I would be remiss not to say after giving that review that, uh, yeah, if, if, you're, if you're a relationship with alcohol, there's other 12-step programs, but I would say if particularly alcohol, uh, if there's a level of unease or discomfort in the relationship that you have with it, um, Tuesdays, Saturdays, there's space, a hospitable people here for you. If you want to come with me, you can come with me. Uh, I'll meet, introduce you to my new friends. Uh, but... Uh, Man, like, come and receive, I guess, something I got to say. So, uh, yeah. Any other ways that you feel like Oaks as a people um, is being hospitable or opportunities to be hospitable even? Yeah, we just did our first block party, which you know, um, which was cool. We, we've been on this block for like 11 years. Uh, and I can speak definitely for the last four and probably on beyond. We just never really gotten to really sit with our neighbors. And so we're like, well, that should change. And, uh, and that was amazing. You, who was at the block party? We just like, raise your hand. Yo, five stars, right? That was for real amazing. I have to shout out like Diana, Victoria, like, like, uh, Tam, uh, like, uh, Genia, like people, like, all of our people who just like made that happen. Like, so we could just be hospitable to our neighbors. Um, I, oh, here's something, here's something I'll say about that. So I met one of our neighbors 
Uh, and I just want to talk about how, how I don't know why I'm telling the story. We got time. Um, <laughs> I'll cut you off at some point. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so, we have this block party. I meet some of our neighbors. Uh, and uh, people have passed by a thousand times, and now I know their name and they know mine. And uh, this seems so trite, but it was impactful to me. Uh, I was coming in for a meeting like two Tuesdays ago, and, uh, and I just needed a place to park. And I am so tired of getting tickets in this stinking city. Uh, and I was circling the block, and I was just like, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. <laughs> Do not turn your face from me and open up a spot. This is a line in our budget, by the way, oh parking tickets. So I'm sitting, I'm like parking, and I'm like, okay, Lori, I'm about to be late. What do I do? And I'm just waiting for something to open up. And our neighbor, who I now know, is like, hey. I, I'm like, oh, hey, buddy. He's like, hey. And then he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just waiting for a spot open. And he has a driveway. And he was like, oh, dude, just come here. Come come park in the driveway and like let me block his driveway. And I was just like, to glory to God. <laughs> Great the, uh, things he has done. <laughs> giving up your parking spot is the ultimate act of hospitality. Listen, people who may listen to this who don't live in the city don't even know uh, that this is a real testimony of the goodness of God. Um, but it's also just hospitality. We're in it together. It's how we're going to make it through. It, and it was a reflection of Jesus. It was an answer to prayer. I mean, yeah. So, uh, you know, talking communally, but I guess it's a little more interpersonally, which uh, is something uh, I would say, thinking about even for you and how I would bear witness to your hospitality. Um, this is where I get to say more. A lot of you have probably met me and you've heard some version of like, yo, we should like break bread and get together. Um, and then I'm like, okay, let me check with my wife. And a lot of times I do, but sometimes I don't. Uh, and I'm just like, put it on the calendar. And then I'm like, oh, honey, somebody's come over for dinner tomorrow night. <laughs> and, and that doesn't happen often. But whether I've given you advance notice or not, um, you carry a like, oh, well, we're going to feed them well. Like, we're going to make sure, like, this place is good, and we're going to welcome them in. And, um, and that's been really cool to watch how, like I said, the reason I wanted you to do this with me is because a lot of the expression of my hospitality happens in partnership with you um, and the way that we, like, particularly hold our home. Um, yeah, so I just, you know, wanted to call that out. Thank you. Patrick is particularly good at the initiation of his hospitality. He is so open-hearted and warm-hearted and legitimately wants to know and sit with you. <laughs> I'm saying you to everyone in this room because he legitimately wants that. And I think that's such a good example. I think about a hospitable spirit and a hospitable space. And I think we are a good team in that. We don't have a lot in common if we haven't covered this, but um, hospitality I is, mean, if you couldn't tell, it was just, <laughs> uh, Hospitality is one area that we feel our hearts really connect on and it feels like a dual um, passion and vision that we have for our home and our family. So we really push into it. Um, but 
just to say that I think being hospitable in spirit and being hospitable in space are two different things and they have to work together. You know, shout out to our hospitality team. Yes. They, they you know, it is hospitable to be able to come in here and be offered a cup of coffee or a drink of water or a place to sit or the lights on or the heat on. It, if all of those things weren't here, you'd probably be like, ooh, I don't like it here very much. Um, you've also interacted with people who be like, ooh, they don't want to talk to me. That is an inhospitable spirit. So both of those have to be worked together in order for the spirit of welcome and family to really exist. What's hospitality looking like in your life? <laughs> um, we've never talked about this before. This is fresh. Um, I, I'm just curious. I mean, we're no, it's okay. Yeah. Um, you I want would, me to go first? No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm ready. So um, I would say individually, we, or for myself, um, I really rely on small moments of looking someone in the eye knowing their name, asking them their story, staying and listening to their story, asking them how they're doing. Um, the passing of the piece, I know a lot of people freak out during that moment, it can be scary, but man, it's such a way to just be an agent of welcome and home to those around you. Um, we hosted a community group for many years and half the people that came, came because during the passing of the piece, I said, hey, do you have a group? Do you wanna to come to ours? And they said, yes. And so it just can be really small acts of doing that. Um, yeah, so I think for those who feel like, and I wanna address before we move on, that this could feel like a lot. Like you may think like, my apartment's small, I can barely feed myself, you know, like there's a lot of real tangible things about it. And I just, again, I would say like, don't let a small act of hospitality be belittled in your brain about how the Lord can use it and move, move with it in some way. Again, Jesus did not have a home <laughs> and he was the most hospitable person. And that's how he ushered in the kingdom to so many. Uh, so uh, I would just say that. That reminds me of my childhood kind of what you're saying uh we talk about inhale and exhale practices and like i think there's an inhale and exhale intention to these rhythms that we're talking about like one of the questions i got when we did the good way was like you talked about generosity and you said that a practice of generosity was expressing your needs and how is that a practice of generosity and that's because we typically often just think of like the exhale and how we do it but like the same point of learning that your dependency upon God uh, is, is expressed through giving, it's also expressed through asking, right, and receiving. And when I think about like even hospitality, I was thinking my childhood is because I was the poorest of my friends growing up and um, they like never came to my home. And it was never spoken about I didn't ask them a lot of times to come because it just wasn't even like really an option. Like we always just kind of went to whoever had like the nicest house in some way. And I, I've thought about that and even as we were preparing this, I thought about what a kindness it would have been if they would have just offered to come to my home and let me be hospitable and let me host even though it wasn't gonna be as nice maybe. I mean, it's not like they were gonna be like in a 
box, but even if they were, would they be willing? Mm. You know, and, uh, and so I think about like just uh, hospitality, sometimes it's placing ourselves under the care of another. Uh, like I love, like Jesus says that all the time, maybe because he was, didn't have a home, like didn't have a house. He's always like, I'm coming to your, di- your place for dinner. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Zacchaeus, dining with you tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, and what does that look like? You know, just, just like being willing just to receive the hospitality of others as a practice. Uh, because let's be honest, we had this conversation just a few weeks ago. Um, when we talk about these practices, there's three things that inform them. Your personality, your stage of faith, and your like season of life, you know? Uh, and hospitality was really easy for us when we did not have a child. Um, and we had like a lot of time, and I don't even know what we did with that time. I don't know either. It was, it was beautiful. We made fresh pasta sometimes. We did make fresh pasta. That's no longer. And we have never used that attachment No, no since. longer, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. Wow, those are the days. Uh, and now with, like, school, and he's in school, I'm in school, we both work pretty demanding jobs. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we've been... We were just having a conversation the other night, which maybe we should just kind of in the last three minutes we have left. Maybe it's helpful to let people know, like, what do you do in that place when your margins are thin or where you don't really have a concept? Like, the conversation we had the other day in the car, which was, I don't feel like we have a solid rhythm of hospitality currently as a family and it feels even really hard to even think of what that would be Mm. Um, we don't have to have that conversation again right here but maybe open up a little bit of of a version of that of how you're navigating that yeah I think uh, you know I think this is coming out of the lie that hospitality is a dinner party that it's uh, table settings that it is you know homemade fresh pasta, whatever, you know, and I think you made a good point. If hospitality was about the things that you have, then it would only be for certain people. And none of these practices are exclusionary. They are all actually a huge invitation into the presence of God, either for ourselves or inviting other people in. And so I think some of it is us coming like down a little bit and saying like, yeah, we love to cook and we love to host and we, you know, we have a home that, that it's easy to do that in. And I think some of that's just being like, that doesn't really matter. You know, like it's really fine if we get pizza. It's really fine if it's a cup of coffee, uh, four o'clock on a Saturday and not like a a meal that goes late into the night, you know? So I think some of it is changing our expectations that probably weren't as biblically based, honestly, you know, of just our own personality and how we move in the world of saying just like people and space are the requirements. Um, The rest just kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. I think holding that intention to, uh, like in my current rule of life, uh, if you were to look at it, and if you want to see it, I'll happily share it with you. Uh, but under hospitality, it just currently has a prayer, uh, a prayer of intention. Lord, sh- show me the invitations and, and the activations that you have for me 
to be hospitable because it, it's just frankly a little, I don't know. I don't know what that rhythms look like. I don't currently have a robust rhythms in that. And that's okay. I feel completely fine about that. But I do feel like there's invitations coming and there's like dreams coming. Um, I was about to tell you all some of the things I've been dreaming about, but <laughs> save, that, time. save that for another time. <laughs> if anybody wants to know about Pizza Hug, just ask me. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, invitations. Yeah, we were praying last night over this, and um, first was just, I think we talked about having that call into prayer, because maybe for some of us, we're in that place of like, I don't know what hospitality looks like and what the practice is for me, uh, and that's okay. So like, could you just insert with intention a prayer to the Lord that says, before they call, I will answer. Like, he knows how he wants to meet and foster intimacy with you. Um, and so we're going to have our prayer team, and you guys can come on up. Everybody can come on up. We're wrapping up here. Um, yeah, I would just invite you to come and, and just have some people pray over you in that. Um, and maybe you have been under the weight of inhospitality, and, uh, and you need someone to just pray some healing over you. I think that would be good. And then you brought up communion as a hospitable act. And uh, you all can kind of, you can stand, you can stand. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you want to frame our communion? Sure. I would just say that, you know, ultimately the food and the drink is just the means to usher in the tremendous work of the Spirit of God and his healing and restoration. And when, when Jesus came and lived among us and died, one of his greatest final acts was giving us the table. And he said, here's my body, here's my blood, gathered around all of his friends. And he gave really simple, everyday elements to say, I'm giving this to you as a way of remembering that I love you, that you are welcome, that you are part of my family, and you come with nothing, and that is exactly how I want you. So I just, as you come forward for communion today, I just pray that you can come receive the hospitality, the, the overwhelming, gracious welcome of God into the family of God and into the kingdom of God through these simple bread and wine, grape juice, actually. Yeah. So I'm going to pray for us. And we can come and receive this ultimate act of hospitality. And we can come and receive prayer. And we have these rugs here where we can kind of just like respond with our bodies as the Lord calls us. And we're going to all sing and give worship and thanks because that's what you do when you receive something hospitable. And if you're gluten-free, there's gluten-free over here. Uh, so I'm going to pray for us. And then may we just come and respond as the Spirit of God calls us. Holy One, who hosts us with love, who, while we were strangers, 
while we were distant, came and crossed the divide of sin and shame and death, giving your body and your blood so that we could become family. What gracious hospitality. So as we respond, may we do so, may we do so out of invitation as a natural yes and amen to what we have received. So bless these elements. May they be nourishing to our bodies, and plentiful to our soul. We give you our prayers and our praise. In your name we pray, amen. So come forward, church, respond and receive.